Welcome back to the Cycling Issue News podcast. This is the fourth episode that we've done. I'm currently sat here with Hayley. So um, this one's actually a really good interview. It's pretty interesting. So the guys from Turn Bicycles. So while Hayley was out in Taiwan um, at the Taipei Cycle Show, she got the opportunity to sit down with these guys and have a chat. Um, we've been fans of the bikes for, well, yeah, years now. Um, some of the innovations that they do are incredible. GSD was pretty much one of our top bikes that we sort of thought and yeah, we chose when they launched it. Um, it was brilliant, and it still is. So um, yeah, Haley sat down with Josh Hon, who has given himself the self-appointed title of team captain of Turn, and uh, Matthew Davis, or, uh, Matt Davis. Uh, he's the sales and business unit director for the company, um, living out in Taiwan. So yeah, um, how did you find it, sort of interviewing these guys? Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, it was a really good chat that we had, um, all about urban mobility and transportation, um, a bit about sustainability, um, turn one of those companies that have a lot of sustainable practices operating from within, as well as what they try and achieve with um, the brands, suppliers and all of that that they work with. So it was really great getting their perspective on how the industry actually can um, capitalise on urban mobility urban transportation and alternative forms of um, of transport, how they can sort of get on that, on, ride that wave. Yeah, no, I, I guess it's like with them, it's not just about using the bike all the time. It's about connecting all of those transport links. So if you leave your house by bike, then get the train and then you can get back off the train and get back on the bike and everything and make your journeys a bit more hassle-free. Yeah, definitely. And um yeah, when I interviewed them, they actually um, hinted that they had some sort of big reveal coming up, and obviously... Um, yeah, it's obviously just come out in the last yeah. few days, um, which is the BYB. Yeah, which is obviously brings all together that whole um, interfacing with public transport and bringing all those modes together to, you know, give an alternative, more environmentally friendly approach to how you live your day-to-day life. Mm. So that's sort of what they're all about. They're wanting to help businesses, um, people anyone really who is looking to change their lifestyle from something that's polluting or something that isn't sustainable or environmentally friendly um, and doing it in a really clever way so sort of coming up with economic ways that it makes economic sense for companies to do so mm-hmm. so yeah but obviously we'll find out more about that when we hear the interview yeah of course so well yeah I hope you guys enjoy this one um, and here's the interview so thanks guys for joining me and being on our podcast. Um, how is business generally for Turn at the minute? We are, in the words of our German uh, suppliers, uh, we're satisfied. <laughs> things are things are generally going pretty well for us. So we're happy with how the markets worldwide really are beginning to embrace kind of bikes for transportation more. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we had a good 2018, and we're looking forward to an even better 2019. You recently Bikes for Business initiative. Can you tell us a little bit of information about that? Yeah, it's it's uh, Bikes for Business is basically going out to our partners globally uh, with product, with marketing material and saying that we think bikes are great for certain types of businesses um, and encouraging them to look for ways to integrate bikes into supply chains and logistics and uh, we think there's, there's a big potential there so we're, we're looking to learn. You know, it's, it's new for us but we're talking with our partners and every market is a little bit different. Um, but we think it's 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 a uh, 
it's a big untapped market with great potential. And um, what would be the ideal bike well, the GSD is our light, latest bike, and it carries a lot of stuff, cargo, um, people, pizzas, uh, beer. Um, so, so the GSD is, is a bike that we're talking with a lot of people about right now, and um, you know, I think going forward, uh, business applications uh, for bicycles, it's, it's going to involve, you know, either delivering things or delivering people. And uh, so bikes with a little bit more capacity uh, make a lot of sense. You've announced a partnership with uh, Deliveroo last year. Um, how has this sort of played out for you? Is this well, Deliveroo was a, a, a test trial. Uh, they, they had our bike in London uh, doing some runs. Uh, we are continuing to, to talk to their teams. Um, and we're talking to a lot of other people as well. So I think that's the exciting thing for us is that we're constantly hearing from people around the world. And they, you know, we just, I think two weeks ago, we were somebody in San Francisco also delivering uh, they're a, they're a vegetarian food company. They deliver uh, their food uh, with e-bikes. Um, the cool thing about them is that they deliver their food in reusable stainless steel containers. So something my wife and I were talking about was that, hey, this this you know food delivery business is this trend is great. You know we love saving time, but there's just so much trash generated. You know you know every single time every every small you know sauce container is, is separate so there's a huge amount of trash and so this San Francisco company contacted us and they said hey we we use reusable stainless steel tiffins and um, you pay a deposit you know it's a $20 deposit and you know we just you know we just take take it back and you know the next day we give you some uh, the food again and so for us it just makes a lot of sense and then now if you can use a turn e-bike to deliver that food around San Francisco. It's San Francisco is quite the main city is quite dense. It's it's not it's not a it's not a huge city. Um, so it makes a lot of sense. And so every one of these opportunities for us is super exciting. Yeah. Do you think um, last mile cargo bike delivery is something that will catch on or something that the industry maybe needs to take a look at and get better at? We think it makes sense. Um, of course, every city is different. Uh, regulations in <clears throat> different countries are different. But in crowded urban centers, bikes can often get around faster than delivery trucks. So, um, you know, if there's a city where a bike can deliver something faster than a car, it makes perfect sense. Um, it makes economic sense for the companies, regardless of whether they care about the environmental uh, impacts. Now, even better if they say, hey, even if it costs a little bit more, we're willing to do it that way because we cut down on CO2 uh, you know, emissions. Um, but you know, the way we look at things often is that if you really want to change human behavior, it has to make economic sense first. You know, out of 100 people, you know, the, the number of people who will pay more 
just to be environmental, eh, it's not so many. But as soon as it makes economic sense, you know, things change very quickly. So our goal is to think about, you know, cities and industries where a bike makes sense economically and then to create products for that. We've been having a lot of conversations uh, with companies that have come to us and said, hey, this might be an option. We're thinking about this. Discussing with them total cost of ownership uh, versus how they've been doing deliveries for large vehicles, diesel vehicles. They've got petrol costs. They've got maintenance costs. They've got insurance, accidents, training. Uh, all of those all of those things add in, and they're kind of uh, historically assumed costs for running a logistics operation. And when you bring bikes into the mix and e-bikes, uh, a lot of those things go away or they change substantially. Uh, and so we've been we've been discussing lots of different options for doing that, and the the numbers work out pretty well. So as Josh is saying, the economic proposition has to work, uh, and total cost of ownership looks pretty good when you really dig into the numbers. Sustainability is quite a big thing for you guys, isn't it? Something you're really trying to push. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's why we're we're doing bikes, um, and that's also why we're we're focused on transportation. So we're we're not recreation as much. It's you know the goal, our goal uh, as a company is really to get more people taking more of their short trips by bicycle instead of doing a one kilometer drive by car. Um, so we do, we do, we're always looking for ways to be more sustainable. A lot of times it's hard. You know, if, if you're looking for a sustainable option and it's, ah, it's three times as much, that's hard. Um, but wherever possible, we're looking for ways to, you know, whether it's minimizing packaging. Uh, one of our rim suppliers is uh, grid neutral because they have solar on the roof. Um, and so it's, it's also, you know, working with responsible suppliers like Schwabe, you know, they re recycle a lot of their tires. Um, something else that we do, which is fun, is we have a bike to work program for staff. And uh, so the idea is that basically um, anybody who works a turn uh, can choose any one of our bikes to ride. And uh, we pay them approximately 50 cents per kilometer. So it's like an incentive to get people yeah. riding into work. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that money is used to pay off, pay off the bike, and you, we have two years to, to pay it off. Yeah. Um, so quite a lot of people have taken us up on that. Um, the goal is to get even more. What do we have? Commuting into work. How many? Yeah. Roughly. Uh, maybe. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. Yeah. 20 percent? yeah. 20%, the number of people driving into work, very few. Very few. Almost. Maybe, maybe one or two. Yeah. So. Most people take MRT. Public transit, scooter, or bicycle. So a yeah. lot more sort of sustainable ways of getting around than popping the car. And mm -hmm. Yeah. We've also, we're, things are progressing, but uh, it's a, an idea that is applicable to other companies as well. That's what we're doing, but we're seeing value in, in doing that, and, and we think other companies are seeing that as well. So uh, we're, we're reaching out to talk to them about how they can extend that benefit to their employees as well. And I, I mean, if you think about, I mean, Im imagine if you can get just a small percentage of deliveries in urban centers by bike instead of by truck. Boy, the, you know, the changes 
that's a that's a big difference. You know, if you could get five percent of your Amazon purchases delivered by bike instead of by truck, yeah, make a huge yeah, I mean, the, I, I've read some numbers. I don't remember them now, but in, in a lot of cities, right, a lot of the traffic on the roads, delivery trucks, right? London, Los Angeles, Berlin. Yeah, it's um, so. Yeah, so and and but our goal is we have to make the products that are useful enough for for businesses to consider making that switch. So that's our challenge now. I think the other thing from a sustainability angle is also to be putting a high enough quality product on the market that can be ridden and used over an extended period of time and repaired. Um, so we're very big fans and big supporters of local bike shops and people and businesses buying through that so that they have a local point of service contact because then when someone buys or a business buys a bike they can keep it on the road longer and keep using it longer and so there are consumables that go onto a bike it helps to have a, a, a shop to keep that maintenance going and, and just like a and just like a, a vehicle a car that people are used to using that mentality of maintenance when, especially when you have e-bikes comes into play and you need that local shop to do that and that's really a, a sustainable option when the product is lasting a longer period of time. Usable life. I think, yeah, Matt makes a great point. The, the local bike shop, I, you know, I don't know if all local bike shops realize this, but when you're selling an e-bike, the local bike shop is essential, They're critical. Because you know, you're, you're buying a, tr a transportation vehicle that you're depending on to get to work or send the kids to school every single day. You, you have to have local service. It's like, you know, would, would you consider buying a car from somebody who bought a, brought a container in, you know, from China and, and they're across the country and there's no service option? Nobody knows, no local dealer knows how to service this motor. You would never do that. And so we look at e-bikes as the same way. It's like if you're spending 3,000 pounds on, on an electric bicycle, that absolutely should be purchased from, from a local shop. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talk about how uh, sales are moving online. And if you think about, okay, I'm buying a bike for my kid, it's 200 quid, uh, it'll be ridden a few times a month. You don't really blame that consumer for buying it online, right? It makes, like you say, economic sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but as soon as you're talking about that daily transportation and it's electric and it's complicated and it will need service, well, that's where your local bike shop becomes indispensable. Um, so that's something that we, you know, we're talking about a lot. It's like, hey, hey, guys, do you realize how important you are? Um, and you know, we think that partnership is is really good. I mean. We're selling pretty high-end bikes, uh, but we still see they need service, and consumers have issues. And if, if you don't have that local service, then it becomes just this nightmare. You're calling across the country, hey, I don't know what this part is, but I'm having troubles with it. We think they should be doing sales also. Uh, obviously, it will be different in different areas, but you know, I, I, I think the sustainable way forward is for dealers to be selling 3,000 pound e-bikes and then providing really good service. 
Um, so not just doing service, but also selling the bikes. But who, who takes on inventory risk? Um, I think that's an open question. Uh, distributors would prefer it to be dealers. Dealers would prefer it to be distributors. And I think that'll be, you know, that'll be ironed out in the market. Um, with whoever takes more risk will, will take more of the margin. The dealers also become a point of community contact, mm. um, and especially as well, we're seeing very exciting trend globally of a shift towards better bicycle infrastructure. And just over and over again, when there's better bicycle infrastructure, cycling infrastructure, there's more there's more cyclists that feel comfortable with that. Um, that local bike shop then also serves as a support for that burgeoning community uh, and an opportunity to take advantage of that. So there's a virtuous cycle. Um, one of the things that I, I've, I heard someone very, very smart recently say, but I can't remember who, uh, that the local bike shop is actually their, their brand is actually the number one thing. They may sell all of these different brands. But Brett. it was Brett? Yeah. Okay. Lunchtime yeah. today. <laughs> um, Brett, you're really smart. <laughs> for, from, from a community standpoint, that, that, that as there's a cycling community that builds up and more and more people, it becomes more and more of a fact of life, that local shop and the name of that becomes that shop's, their name and their reputation becomes a huge asset within the community. And it actually rises a little bit above the bike brands because there are more and more people doing that and that's a really strong argument for those shops going forward from an economic standpoint they build that long-term value as an essential member of that cycling community in terms of cycling infrastructures how do you think that is going to have to change to you know be able to uh, deal with those last mile delivery cargo bikes copy amsterdam <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i think we're seeing it we're seeing it moving pretty well in a lot of large cities. There are some cities that are really far behind, um, but there are some cities that are that are really moving. You know, they're, you, know you can get in, in a lot of places in the Netherlands. You can get around faster by bike than by car. And so obviously we believe in separated cycling lanes. But yeah, I mean, so you need your law, you need your infrastructure, um, and as and we've seen it time and again, where you, you put in a, a separated cycling lane, all of a sudden bike usage increases a lot. Um, you see property values rising because of proximity to cycling paths. And so you see a lot of positive benefits, um, but it's just, I think every city, there are advocates out there and they're pushing, uh, we need to support them. Um, but it's, it's really, it's city by city, community by community, um, and you know the bike industry needs to support support that. Uh, but but we're seeing it, we're seeing it in a lot of cities. So it's it's exciting. We're big fans of the. I hate to use the word normalizing, but cycling as transportation. Um, for the last couple of decades, there's been this identification of, of people as a cyclist, and it has a lot to do with sport. And for those hardcore people that are, are riding to and from work, they're cyclists. Um, we're seeing a very exciting shift with GSD um, and with some of the other initiatives that we're doing that we're getting people, you don't call people that drive cars around drivers. I mean, you, you do, but you, you don't necessarily, everybody, it's, a, yeah, it's everybody's assumed to be part of that category. And the more 
people that are riding bicycles for transportation, the less the the moniker cyclist becomes a requirement label to separate it out and everybody just becomes part of the community and it's a, a necessary accepted part because everybody knows somebody or has a bike and is, is doing that as a, a normal part of how everything fits together. Um, not prioritizing one over the other because there's advantages and interconnections of all of those pieces, whether it's public transportation. I mean, we turns coming up from folding bicycles, which the entire reason for their existence was to interface well with public transportation. Um, and so we think that they all, all, this, all these different modes fit together. Uh, so hopefully that's the direction that things continue and we're really excited to, to be seeing these shifts in city planning and, and especially the conversation of e-bikes making things more accessible for everyday, everyday riders. We happen to uh, believe that climate change is real. <laughs> Despite maybe the best efforts of uh, a certain individual. Yes. Um, so so you know this is and, and we're seeing right the shift in weather patterns around the world. This is not this is not small stuff, and we're only at the very beginning. And so you know we absolutely have to change the way we live on the planet and consume things. And so this is, you know, this is something that's really important for our kids. Um, so, you know, this is our our part, you know, to to encourage change. Um, but it, of course, it has to make economic sense. It has to it has to be convenient for people. And so that's the the job. It's like you can't just appeal to environmentalism. You have to appeal to hey, you'll save 10 minutes on your commute if you ride a bike. Or you'll save this much on your, you know, monthly metro pass. Um, or you don't need to buy a thirty thousand pound, forty thousand pound car, <laughs> yep. uh, just to take your kids to, to and from school. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys for your time and for speaking to us. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so thanks for listening, guys. I hope you really enjoyed that one. Um, let us know if there's anything you want to sort of tell us about, what your views are on the urban cycling, um, and sort of what Turner doing to push it forward. Um, yeah, we've got some really good interviews uh, lined up, so keep your ears open and eyes peeled for those. Yeah, we are now officially on iTunes, guys. Uh, search us, it's the Cycling to News podcast, um, so you can turn on your notifications and get told when a new episode is out. Um, it'd be great if you could leave us a review and just let us know what you think of it and if there's anything that we can improve on. Um, yeah, so that, as Haley said, there's a lot more interviews coming up and we're going to be pumping these out a bit faster. We're looking to ramp that up now, so we've got a lot of things lined up. Catch you on the next one.